What's up, y'all? It's your girl, K. Nicole. And B. Renee. And we are The The Kitty Committee. Committee. We're here to bring you a podcast that's made by women, for women, and about women. But let's be very clear. We are not licensed medical professionals of any sort, and all things we discuss are solely based on opinion and personal experience. Okay? Now, let's get to it. Hi guys, it's your girl Kate Nicole and B Renee and we are back with our first episode of season two. Shout out to 2021, new year, new season. We made it, we're here. New blessings. So originally we had planned to talk about financial, um, what's the word I'm looking for? financial no financial responsibility in 2021 but we were sitting here we were having a good old conversation and we decided to switch it up a little bit so we're actually going to talk about hbcus and pwis so a little background k nicole graduated from the illustrious north carolina central university twice um, so I am an HBCU grad, and the lovely B. Renee, tell the people where you graduated from. The University of North Carolina in Greensboro, Spartan Pride. So we have a HBCU member and a PWI member. So this is going to be interesting. And we also have a special guest, Mr. Lamar, who also went to the illustrious North Carolina Central <laughs> University. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I'm being attacked here. We're not double teaming you. No. So, I mean, <laughs> basically all we're all we're saying is that Lamar and I are saying that you need that HBCU experience. People of color need that experience. You need that love. You need I that love. I feel like a lot of us are deprived of that experience though. When you're deciding on what institution you want to go to to further your education, HBCUs are like essential. It doesn't matter what HBCU you go to because HBCUs are a place where your culture is not frowned upon. Like you're embraced. When you step on the campus of an HBCU, you can feel the blackness coming through the concrete. Like, okay, <laughs> like it is a great place to be. Like, and so I can see it. I can see it. So it's I, not that you can see it. You can feel it. You can feel it. Like. Yes. After you graduate and you go back and you show up for homecoming season, like Lamar said, it's a big old family reunion. Like, it's just nothing but love. Um, One thing that I was saying that is important with the HBCU experience is that everybody there wants to see you win. And when you're at a PWI, when they see brown people. Just a number. Just a number. And it's like that stigma, like they're not going to, they're not going to succeed. Like, you know, we always got a negative connotation with us anyway. So at HBCUs, it's like your professors, your advisors, your RAs, like everybody there just want to see you do great things. And it's like, it's always like a positive vibe. Sometimes it's annoying because sometimes I don't want to go to class. Sometimes (laughs) I don't want to do my work. (laughs) Sometimes I just want to go party and go back to my dorm. But you you got them professors and them advisors that's like, okay, what are you doing? Your grades are slipping. You need to get your life together because what are you here for? And so that's just an experience that everybody needs to have. Tag on it. Tag your it. Okay. Um, And I understand that completely. And I really do wish I had that experience. Um, however, I tried to have that experience. <laughs> Give me my credit, okay? okay all because right, all right. I definitely applied to an HBCU before I applied to a PWI, and the PWI got back to me quicker. The HBCU kept losing my ish, like, and that's what it was. They were being messy, and could never. I kept sending it, and I'm. I don't have the funds to keep paying for transcripts. They're not cheap, baby. This is true. Um, and I went with who I got scholarships with, who accepted me, who took the majority, a great majority of my credits. Like that was a big issue. Like, um, the HBCU I applied for were only going to take a handful, if that, of my credits. 
the PWI I applied to, to the majority of them, like, if not all of them, which made it so I could finish in two and a half years versus the four and a half years I would have had to go through. Like, I already had an associate's degree. Who wants to stay in school for another five years, like, Mm -hmm. for a bachelor's? Mm -hmm. This is true. And I... My experience was different, though, because mine was completely online because I work full time. Mm -hmm. But I will say my professors were great. Like my advisors were great. Like anytime I had an issue, I could reach out to anybody. Like I legit had a teacher that was not responding to anybody. She literally left us in the wilderness to (laughs) complete the course. Like we had to fend for ourselves. She wasn't we didn't get a syllabus we didn't get anything like we had to do what we had to do and we had to reach out to each other as classmates to figure out how to do the work that she wanted done I legit reached out to other teachers and my advisors to try to get help with this course and they were able to contact the teacher or jump in and tell me what to do like so I had a great experience that allowed me to graduate on time, like actually a semester earlier than what they tried to get me to graduate in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not knocking the HBCU experience because I have gone to North Carolina Central with um, majority of my friends graduated from North Carolina Central. So they invite me to homecoming events and stuff like that. And I see the love and the, the family reunion vibes. like, And it is great. Being that I am from Durham, I know a lot of the people there, um, but at the same time, I do still feel like an outsider because I ain't go here. Don't ask me about <laughs> nothing that. Don't ask me about no teachers. Don't ask me about no stair. I don't know them them stairs from hell. The Jesus don't ask me steps. About that shit. I don't know about none of that. Um, oh, baby. Just, uh, I saw a meme. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day that said if 2020 was a flight of steps and it was the Jesus steps. And I was like, and I laughed at it, but I didn't know what it was talking about. I was like, okay, yeah, that's a lot of stairs. The fact that people come into Central and already know that name for them steps. Listen. Like they were crowned the Jesus steps. Like Because you you get to the bottom. You already done trotted across campus. Clean across it. And then you get to the bottom of this staircase, baby. And when I tell you, you look up that staircase and it look like you're going to touch Jesus' sandals. One the time you get to the top. <laughs> like, this, the Jesus steps is... Whoo. I've been in a couple of dorms at Central and the bookstore. And... The new the, bookstore. The new bookstore. Because bookstore. Bookstore. this was a couple years ago. Yeah, you was in a new one. In the parking um, deck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the BN Duke Auditorium years ago back okay. when I played the violin. That's about it. And I'm from Durham. But you cannot ask me where nothing is if it ain't that statue <laughs> <laughs> or Lawson Street. I don't know. I don't know. Ask me about the surrounding hoods, though. I got you. Oh, God. So I feel like I'm a little ask bit of an old head on that aspect because my mom well i am but my mom you are a real alumni i'm like (laughs) throwback throwback because i was there when bimbe used to be hosted in the greek bowl bimbe i grew up on the campus yeah being that my mom is a graduate of central i went to central but you didn't know but my aunt went to central who leanne went to central So, By the way, this is my cousin, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that disclaimer in the beginning. <laughs> so, being Whoops. that I basically grew up on that campus, like, I don't know, that love for I mean, that environment has always been there. And I feel like that's where I was deprived a lot because my parents didn't go to college. Like, my parents didn't even finish high school. My dad had, my grandma had nine kids. Mm-hmm. She grew up you know, where my dad had to drop out to get a job to help support the family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And my mom, she wasn't really around. So I don't know what happened there. Mm -hmm. But, like, I didn't have parents 
to like push me and to help me. Like I had to fill out my FAFSA by myself. So everything was zero dollars. Okay. <laughs> um, my grandmother raised me. She don't know nothing about nothing. Like she didn't go to college. She was raising nine kids plus the neighborhood kids plus the sister and brother's kids. Like, so how's she going to help me? That's um, true. I feel like if I had that push, like I probably would have ended up at a, HBCU like but my grandmother's goal was to get me through high school like I couldn't even have a job in high school because she wanted me to focus on graduating Mm -hmm. and I did that and then I ended up going to a community college for far longer than I was supposed to but you know I went and I graduated I have a bachelor's degree now (laughs) y'all in early childhood education okay what here's my take on it so the as far as the education like the the black and white textbook education i think that does it really make a difference if you go to a pwi versus hbcu not quite so much i mean because at the end of the day the professors are only teaching what's in the textbook a degree is a degree right Mm -hmm. so the degree is a degree is a degree but as far as the building of character that's where you need the HBCU. I, I can agree with that. that. I'll chime in. A degree is a degree, but the name on that degree, where you got it from, carries weight. That This is true. This it is very true. Weight. Or at least the stigma in your mind, it carries weight. So, so like, I if you go like apply that. at a big, like, corporate building. The person from and Harvard they see... would get, may, might get the job a little oh, bit easier. Mm-hmm. Than the person, the person from Central. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But that person from Central might have been taught to work a little bit harder right. than that person from Harvard. Right. I will say this about HBCU. They train us to go to They HBCU. work our tails like a dog. And it's, and, and it's so funny because the environment in HBCU reminds you so much of like growing up in a black household. Like when you're a kid, you can't understand for the life of you like why your mom be yelling at you to wash them dishes and sweep that floor and like do chores all the time then you get older you realize because your parents were teaching you discipline they were teaching you you're not gonna keep my nasty house they were teaching you healthy habits on the hbcu campus it's that same thing i used to just be like oh my god if this professor don't leave me alone child if i ain't gonna do the paper i ain't gonna do it go ahead and give me a zero but it's like (laughs) but it's like they used to want you to succeed so bad that they are really on your case like yo your grades are slipping what are you doing this paper was due two days ago i'm giving you a chance to do it not do it and turn it in like like that's the kind of love you get from at HBCU, like they don't, they don't want to have to fail you. They don't want to have to see you left behind or have to repeat a course. Or it's like everybody there be trying to work with you. Hold on, I ain't gonna say everybody because I have had my fair share. <laughs> I've had my fair share of professors that I really wanted to catch them in the parking lot. But the majority yeah, of the Detroit professors there, out, I'm telling you, like I used to be like, yo, what is wrong? But the majority of the professors there really want nothing but greatness for you. And that was a good feeling. And it's also a good feeling for your culture to be accepted at a place. So I came straight to Central from 12 hours away from Central. So I ain't know nothing about North Carolina. I ain't know nothing about Durham. I ain't know nobody here. I look, and I ain't know nobody here. I left one hood and came to to another. Like, it, it was like, I'm just out. And so for me to be able to leave my hometown, pack up all my belongings, go to a foreign place and not feel like a foreigner. Like when I got to Central, I felt like I was home. Like it was just, it was very welcoming. I made friends instantly. I vibe with my professors. I didn't feel like scared or like an outsider or anything like that. Like it was just, it was just very welcoming. Did you like the whole tour before you came and stuff like that? Hell no. So funny backstory. I was supposed to be an Aggie. Ooh, glad we didn't make that choice. Um, oh, no shade. No, no shade. <laughs> all shade intended. All no shade. shade. I, 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 I want to make this disclaimer. I love all HBCUs, but Central's know, the best one. It's the fine. Rivalry. I have Aggie friends. I got Ram friends. It's I fine. Have, like, so I was supposed I don't to be an Aggie. Beat up in the parking lot. My mm. mother is a Aggie, mm. and. Mind you, we're from Detroit. So when we when it's time I get to my high school um senior year, it's time to start talking about college or, you know, where I plan on going. I I'm like, shoot, my mama went to went to A and T, I'm gonna go to A and T. So I get to researching. At the time I wanted to be an athletic training major. A and T don't wow. offer athletic training. Yes. So 
I started Googling schools in North Carolina that have athletic training majors. Stumbled upon NCCU. I want her to get to what her degree actually is. <laughs> Y'all, I changed my major like four times. <laughs> it's fine. It's <laughs> I started out in 2010 as an athletic training major at North Carolina Central University. And by the time I graduated, I have a whole degree in child development. It <laughs> is like fine. A <laughs> it's but fine. No, I did that. Like, I started when I was at um, Durham Tech, my degree was in. I think uh, pharmacy tech. I'm, I don't even know. You know, but it's the process though. And it's the process. I ended up like in early childhood somehow. Y'all, my major changed from year. my major changed from athletic training to uh, nursing. From nursing, I went to it was not child development what was oh psychology i went from nursing i said you know what i didn't get in the nursing program i'm gonna just go ahead and switch over to psychology Mm-mm, that didn't work out because i didn't like them classes so a whole lot of writing and a whole lot of reading and i was like uh got a blast and so i went from psychology to child development and that's when i finally finished my undergrad journey and i was like just hand me the degree at this point because i'm done Listen, finished and i'm done let me say this you if you don't finish in four years it is oh oh yeah it took me five hey baby we're not gonna talk about how long that you know what okay lamar it took me a minute it's fine that part i will i have to agree we didn't think he was gonna ever graduate no i just went that part i will say when i first started when i first started i started as a biology major yeah they was trying to if anybody listening know about biology majors that's a whole lot of science you out yeah early in the program and i'm stubborn i was fighting it Um, well baby i would have been like (laughs) all right y'all gotta go got a blast finally switched over though got my degree and i'm in school now for my master's also at central what's your degree my degree is environmental science undergrad far from biology though it's not it's still science but oh, from <laughs> athletic <laughs> trainers to child I was going to definitely keep it with the science majors because that's my thing. Yeah, he's a nerd. Yeah. Don't talk about Lamar that way. He is, I love him. He is one of my favorites. Well, if you are pursuing an educational journey, don't get discouraged if it takes you longer than yeah, your friends. Do don't not get put a timeline on your goals. Like, Just keep going. Yeah, if you don't meet it within the four years you expected to, okay, we'll try again next year. Like, that's what I had to tell myself this year. And that was all thanks to my therapist, like, instilling all of these things into me. Shout out to her. If you didn't get into the program you wanted to this year, if you didn't get into the college you wanted to this year, okay, well, maybe you got to go to wherever somebody will take you and then transfer. That's what y'all got to realize. Like, Mm -hmm. there's always another way. Like, I did not apply myself like I should have in high school, which is my fault and also the fault of I did not have the resources that I needed to be able to succeed, which is just me being African-American living in America. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't go to a four-year university, so I went to a community college, and I was able to transfer into a four-year university. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't going to finish that four-year transfer program in two years, but hey, I finished in three. Like... let that not take away from the fact that you have a grind. Right. Just keep you going. You cannot give up. Like, and at the same time, like, I had friends that were on my case about doing my work, y'all. <laughs> when I got to UNC, Sometimes you need that. Like, my friends was texting me, FaceTiming me, coming over, telling me to come over. Like, did you do your assignment? Okay, sit here and do it. Did you take your quiz? Okay. Like, I was asking them questions, doing interviews. Like, they were my resources, y'all, for real. Like, if my friends were not on my back about getting my work done, I probably would have never done it because I'm a procrastinator. But that's what everybody you doesn't have that. But that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. So to those out there listening. Oh, my gosh. She didn't change her voice, y'all. Do your work. <laughs> no, just don't give up. That's the most important thing. By the time I graduated undergrad, y'all. Whew, you was a grown woman. I was a mom. <laughs> and not just a mom of two. one. I had one out and one in, y'all. I walked across the stage in undergrad. How many months before I? Far enough where I was showing. That's all I remember. And and it's just like, your grind don't stop. 
you take the break you need, you take the mental break you need, but you got to get back to it. It it took me five years to finish undergrad, partially because I kept changing my major, partially because I refused to do summer school just because I'm stubborn, mm. partially because I was yes. having kids. Pregnant twice. I mean, like, whatever happens, just don't give up and don't quit your grind. Like, just keep going. I'm glad you mentioned the summer school thing because this was, well, I for me, it. when I, I came in. I did summer school one time and I was like, never again. really tell us summer school is kind of somewhat mandatory unless you want to take a full load every semester. I don't know. I don't have not one friend that finished school within four years without taking summer school. They need to tell you that shit up front. Right. If you plan on getting out of here in four years, you're going to have to sacrifice some of them summers. And uh, what? I will not. <laughs> um, I will take them classes in the fall. Thanks. But I will tell you, if you do do summer school, do your, do your maths. Like, do your core classes. The because it's going to go by quicker. They go by quicker. You yep. knock them out. Boom. Into your major. I know when I was at UNCG. Now, my whole program at UNCG was online. But I did summer classes. And y'all had a biology class. <gasps> No. Over the summer. See, this is the thing they about... They made us do actual experiments at home. Like, we had to do group work. Like, we had to be able to go on Google Hangout with our group, like, schedule times to FaceTime our groups and do, like, group assignments at our own homes and do experiments and stuff like that. Plus, I was taking a summer music class. Mm-mm. And it was, like, music theory. But y'all... I used to play the violin, so a lot of it was super easy. Um, And then on top of that, this is when I had moved in with my brother because I was going through that breakup with that narcissist. So I had a lot going on. I was like going to court for restraining orders, having to take all these tests, do all these experiments and assignments and stuff like that. But at the same time, like it went by super fast. Like, you just have to stay on top. My thing was having a planner. And Kay Nicole is all about a planner. Like, if y'all don't know nothing else, (laughs) she lives by a planner. But it comes in handy when you're in school. Like, I'm a visual learner. If I don't see it, it ain't finna happen. Like, she knows. She sets our kitty committee recordings. She shares it on Google <laughs> Calendar, and it's already in my phone. Like, I told her today, I said, do we have a recording today? Yep, it's on your calendar, ain't it? Like, because I'm a visual person. Like, I have to see it. I have to write it down in order to remember it. If I don't write it down, I won't remember it. Like, when I take orders for my um, T-shirts and masks, my mom comes in and says, oh, I need an order for, you better text it to me, because if I don't see it, I ain't going to remember nothing happen. you just said. Like... So having a planner when you're in school is essential. It helps you keep track of all of your assignments as due. It helps you keep track of your life. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Like I, being able and carve out time for yourself. Like school is important. Don't get me wrong. But you got to breathe. Like you have to breathe. And I keep looking at Elijah because she's this a baby. <laughs> <laughs> she's still in school. But you, you have gotta to breathe. You got to breathe and just work through breathe. it. And just if push you are through. overwhelmed and you feel like you about to crash, <laughs> like, okay, drop a class. Like, if you taking a full load, it's okay. Drop a class. Take it again next time it's offered. Nobody is going to hate you for it mm-hmm. because you're human. You cannot do it all. And I will say I commend anybody who works full-time, has kids, and is in school. Listen to my story when I, I got tell no kids, y'all. I got a dog. Nobody want to hear my testimony, Lord. <laughs> but when I was in grad school, I just knew my hair was going to fall out. Like, I would go to work all day. I've never been an online learner. I cannot. My attention mm, span. I love it. My attention span is not long enough. To do online classes. I cannot have to be in person. I need a professor talking to me and breaking stuff down. So when I was in grad school, I would work all day. Monday through Friday. 8 to 5. Get off work. Go straight to night classes. Get out of class. Go home to be a mom. Put the kids to bed. Stay up all night writing papers. Get like an hour and a half of sleep. And then it's time to get up and go back to work. Like that. I think I met you when you were in grad school. 
Oh, child, that was a crazy time in my life. <laughs> we was both I closing was just, up the daycare. I don't ever want to do that again. Me personally, I would just say I'm thankful for my support system. Yes. I have a daughter, and her mom is very supportive of me going back to school to get my master's. Good. And the nights that I do have my daughter, like, we tailor them around the times I don't have classes at night. Well, That's the whole thing, up. And the whole thing about going to school online... Like, I went to grad school. I started grad school after six years being out of mm-hmm. undergrad. Ooh, so that transition to get back into school mm-hmm. was one thing. I just commend you for going back. <laughs> because I know <laughs> now I'm out. Y'all, I did not go to grad school. And mm, eh. I salute everyone that has. I'm saying my I daughter is my motivation. I've been in school my whole life. I don't want to go back. The only reason <laughs> I have a master's degree is because as Soon as I graduated undergrad, I was filling out applications so that I can start grad school that following semester because I know me as a person. Like, I graduated grad school in 2017. What are we in now? Almost 2021? My brain is like, yeah, try it if you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to go back if you want to. Imagine but six years later. That's what I'm saying. Like, I knew if I... That was one of those moments where it's like, it's either now or never. And if I made it through undergrad, I can make it through grad school. I just got to push through and keep going. So I literally did my degrees back to back because I knew if I would have took time off, just me as a person, I don't have enough self-discipline. Once I get into a routine of not having to go to nobody's class, not having to do nobody's homework, like once I get that in my brain, it's like, yeah, we we not but doing it. For me, with my career choice, like I don't necessarily need a master's. Right. So, yeah, I salute y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I salute I, Lamar. I wish, I, wish, I wish my career choices was that way. Um, being a science major, um, basically when you graduate with a bachelor's degree in science, it's looked at as a high school diploma. Right. Mm. That, that part. That, that whole part. That, if, I want you that to feel crazy. that. I want you to feel that. You go to school for four, five Six plus years. Great, <laughs> <laughs> You work so hard for, and then when you get to applying for jobs, the thing you see is, oh, bachelor's degree with five years experience, master's degree will kind of, you know, shave that experience off of you having a master's. So it's just like, dang. Well, at first when we graduated, it was like, how do I get this experience if y'all won't hire me if I ain't got the five years already in me to do this job? That's what I that thought. That is with. crazy. Like, but that's a lot of jobs. So they want you to have the education mm-hmm. and the experience, and you can't get the experience if they don't hire you. you yes, can. you can get the experience, but what they fail to tell you. And about it, they don't work for free. What? Hey, that's what internships are for. Internships. <sighs> Heavy on the internships. Anybody listening that is currently in college or considering going back to college or on the way to college for the first time. Take all the internships you can take. Don't, listen, your summers, I know you're going to want your summers to have your freedom. Use them summer breaks to do internships. I'm telling you, I promise you, when when you get out of college and companies see your resume come across their desk and they see all of that experience that you got from simply volunteering your time, it just makes you look so much better than the next applicant. You know what that made me think of? In high school, my senior year, we had a course that we could take called work work study or Mm -hmm. something like that. And you were able to, like, find internships or jobs in your career path that you wanted to be when you went to college. Like, that counts, too, for people in high school that are listening. Like, Well, I will also play on to this, too. If you're in college and you're taking these courses, what college is, basically, is training yes so for the real world learn how to manipulate and i will say this because you can do this manipulate your resume to show that you learned for the job that you're applying for absolutely in class in college no matter if it's a project you worked with (laughs) it don't matter if it's a project or whatever like you can use that information and interpret it into actual on-the-job training or experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people graduate college that don't understand that. Like, you really can take what you did in class and be like, well, this is what I did in class. Yeah, you I gotta learn this. how to finesse your resumes. There are people, and we can send you guys links. I know people that do resumes. I do and resumes. You, 
K. Nicole does <laughs> resumes, like, and she will fix it to where you will get a job, like, within the first couple of months. Listen, hit her up. She'll tell y'all about it. I got y'all because but it's all about all of, finessing the system. Okay, because when I worked at my job, I work at a uh, daycare, so and I work with infants and toddlers. But I also do accounts receivable and payable because I take tuition payments. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yes. I also work in the office as administrative assistants because I sit up there and I clock people in and out and I do the schedules mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. print off paperwork and I talk to the parents as they come in. I check the temperatures of the children. I sign them in. Listen, everything has a title. Everything is a skill. Why, when I warm up lunches, okay, that's another skill. Mm-hmm. Like, when I have to give somebody an EpiPen, medication administration, that's another skill. Yep. Like, when I put a Band-Aid on somebody's <laughs> leg, like, that's another skill. Everything is a skill. You guys have to know how to put that stuff on there. It counts, I promise you. And people are going to look at that. And that's one thing I learned from HBCU. if you want that job and if you know you're capable of doing that job listen my hbcu told me figure it out look make it enough get that resume going to where it looks like not not even to where it looks like to where you take things that you've actually done and it translates over into exactly what they're looking for but that's how they do your credits exactly you come from other schools like they look at those classes and they interpret it as the stuff that they offer. Yep. Like, it's just different wording. Okay, Lamar, what was your favorite part of the HBCU experience? My favorite part? Homecoming. Homecoming season! <laughs> homecoming is always my favorite part. Y'all, can I just tell y'all that after a homecoming like 2019, to follow that up with no homecoming at all because of COVID-19. I'm just so devastated. But homecoming for 2019 was absolutely everything that I had been missing in my life. (laughs) My heart was so full. It was a great time. Like homecoming season every year though. And one thing when I was in undergrad, people, I used to hear like the upperclassmen make comments like, homecoming ain't even for y'all. Like when I was a freshman and sophomore and I'm like, what are they talking about? Like homecoming is for everybody. Now, when you graduate yes. and you come back from homecoming, it hits so different. Like now I see what they say when they're like, yeah, homecoming is not even for the people that's currently in school. It's for the people that left the nest and they're coming they home. home. Yes. Family reunion. Family reunion style. Family reunion. It's so lit. And everybody's embraced. It's so lit. I'm just thankful that I have friends that went to an HBCU. Okay. They invite me to homecoming events, <laughs> and nobody knows that I never went there. Like, that's the great part about it. Because most of the time, when I go to Central, if you still in Durham, you know everybody that's in Durham. Yep. So, like, a lot of the people that are at the homecomings, like, I either went to high school with or that I know. Excuse me, no COVID. But that I know from like around the way. So, and it is like a warm embrace. It's like a big family reunion. I will give y'all that. I just hate that I didn't get to experience it first. On a personal level. When I have kids, oh, I'm going to send them to Auntie K's house so she can give them the whole HBCU. Because, baby, Auntie K ain't buying no college going away gifts if you ain't going to HBCU. Give it all my gifts. I'm just going to go back a little bit. You said what's my favorite part? <laughs> yes. Homecoming when I was part of BV. <gasps> you were in BV? I was in BV. Lamar, in, get out. I was in BV and I did a fashion show. Wow. That was dope. Walking that was, out on stage. Shout out to Bomba that. <laughs> that was dope. So, yeah, definitely. That was lit. I was part of a Wow, small world. <laughs> yes, BV was everything. Everybody doesn't know. BV stands for Bon Vivant. It was a modeling troupe on North Carolina Central's campus. They don't exist anymore, sadly. But that was a great experience. Um, it was. Yeah. It was a very fun experience. Yep. It was. Other, other than BV, what else did you do? 
Uh, really, that was the biggest thing I did for homecoming besides going to the yard. Of course, you know, after the game. I don't even really think most people go to the to game. To the game? I'm not buying that ticket to get into the game. They chill. <laughs> and then they wait till the game is over and we all meet up at the favorite spot, the bowl. The Greek bowl. I will catch y'all at the plots. What uh, What time this game will be? I've never t- been to a Greek bowl. Listen, don't ask me about nothing that involves Greek. Don't tell nobody else you've never been to the Greek Bowl and you from Durham. I'm not going to let you tell nobody else that. Now, listen. If you're not a part of Greek life. It's fine. It's fine. I didn't go to an HBCU. <laughs> like, again, my background. I didn't go to an HBCU. I didn't have parents who went to college or HBCUs. Like, I am really a first-generation graduate. Which is dope. I will say shout-out to Blame 07. Thank you. But... That's when I came in school. Lamar so. wasn't friends with me then. He wasn't claiming me as his cousin. So he didn't take me to stuff. <laughs> now he wasn't claiming me. He wasn't. Nick told all of him and Lamar's friends that I'm off limits. So I couldn't go nowhere but to and the house happens? to bum off the Wi-Fi. And then I started dating one of his friends. I know. But wow. still. That was two years later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. At least I waited. The thing with the football games is... Not hell bent on being at the game because I trust. I go to the game for the food. It, see, that's where you mess up. The fried fish. Because see, let me tell you where you messed up. No, she should be having the tailgates. We don't go. <laughs> and Horror used to be on the grill. Okay. Oh, sorry. We're not paying to get into that game. I'm going to catch you on the parking and it was lot. Like $30. At the food trucks. I'm I'm finna tailgate. Y'all watch the game. the parking lot where everybody at. Y'all watch the game. I'm going to be over here eating. And drinking um, somebody's punch out of a cooler. I don't even know what's in it. But I'm going to drink it. <laughs> and I'm going to catch y'all at the Greek Bowl at the game. Now, what was like, it last year when old girl had the dude on the leash? <gasps> Yo, some crazy things have happened on Central's <laughs> campus. Okay. Let's... I drove through that. I wasn't even there. I just drove through. Let's just talk about the like, woman oh, that showed up. So she's a young black girl. Had to be in her 20s. She was pretty too. I mean, beautiful. Hair was laid. Makeup was on point. Y'all know I do makeup, so I would tell you if it was trash. Her makeup was on point. She had on the leather dominatrix. Had her sub on all fours. And had her sub, y'all. collar and everything. This old white man. Not just any sub. A Caucasian old white man. An old white man. That's my queen. He was so obedient. On a leash, y'all. He was on a leash. You got to train up these men in the way they should go. I am not mad at her. These are only things that you would see at an HBCU (laughs) campus. Why does she bring this man? (laughs) Why does she bring this man on a leash? Oh, my God, y'all. I was so done. I was so done. But you know what the crazy thing is? It was embraced. It was embraced. Nobody said anything. Nobody batted an eye at her. Everybody. And listen, this this the love you get on HBCU campus. People walking by, do your thing, queen. Well, you go, okay. okay, okay, girl. I see you. Nobody stopped her and said, "Yo, what the hell are you doing?" Like it, it was all embraced. I'm saying that's the undertone. That's the undertone, underlying tone of this whole thing is the embracement. You can be you. You can be absolutely you. One hundred percent. You don't have to put on the front. That I'm sorry, it comes with a PWI. Because they expect you, Mind you to be my this certain was way. Online. The I expectation. I on UNCG's campus, so I do not know what goes on Let me on tell you, there. here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's, it's all about the expectation. So, as a black man or woman on a PWI's campus, they expect you to look professional. They expect you to look like a young entrepreneur or a young corporate office. whole culture. Exactly. On an HBCU, you're going to get the blue hair, the green hair, the locks, the bundles, the shaved head, the nose piercings, the tongue piercings, the tattoos. Like, you're going to get all of that. It's like HBCUs is totally about freedom of expression. Like, you express yourself however you see fit and nobody's going to judge you for it. And another thing about HBCUs is homecoming season. It's looked at like a national holiday. Like, professors be like, yeah, we got to get out of here. <laughs> um, it's homecoming, so y'all go ahead and submit y'all little papers later. We we done with class for the day. Y'all dismissed. Like, <laughs> like, it's like everything. It's just such a, 
it's just a whole vibe. Like HBCUs is just a it's a vibe. You know what's funny? Is Kirsten showed up here with her damn central hoodie on, <laughs> and we're having a whole y'all started about this central. I was ready to talk about finances in 2021. Okay, but we y'all started. I keep this on my keychain. So. Okay, like wherever you go, and then it extends. That's the other part. It extends beyond the campus. Like I kid y'all not. If I'm in Walmart and I see somebody with a central hoodie on, I'm gonna stop and speak. It's just what you do. Or, like, people catch me off guard sometimes. Be like, yo, my my young sister, did you go to Central? And I'm like, yeah, I went to Central. Did you go to Central? Like, it's a whole big thing. Well, I like, say that. I would even say that. I would say even the people with A&T stuff on, I made small comments with them because I like to throw yeah. that rivalry. Okay. That is the thing. Like, you know, around here since we're in North Carolina. It's, it's the, fun. It's, it's all love. It's all Duke love. Carolina. Yep. But it ain't nothing like that A&T and NCCU rival. The Aggie versus the Eagle. I'm telling you. It's the fact that people like assume that I went to Central. Like every time somebody sees me, I think it's because you're from there. Talking, it's like <laughs> that, and then I'm black. Like, oh, you went to Central? Like, no, I went to UNCG. Sorry. So is there, <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Is, is there's a disappointment on their face once you say that? I don't know because my eyes be too low with the disappointment on my face. Like I feel like I let them down by saying that I went to a PWI. No, I like feel Central. like that because people Mm-mm. put black people. Okay, so they feel like black people have this expectation that when they go to college, they're supposed to go to a HBCU, Mm-mm. and that it it grinds my gears that like people really get offended when I say I went to a PWI. Like, seriously, y'all I'll tell might you what. not, but other people out in the world, like, it's this stigma that if you're black, you have to go to an HBCU. So let's break that one down right there. Because you're black doesn't mean you have to go to an HBCU. You do not have to. If you get into the PWI, that's perfectly fine. It's- totally fine. Even when we started this conversation, it was like... You feel no, but <laughs> you go to an HBCU, da 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 da. Uh huh. And I'm like, okay, but I applied to an HBCU and didn't get it. Okay, but so da da. And I'm like, here's what I need that? you to do. I need do you I need to. to no, I need you to let go of that feeling it. that you feel like you let black people down because you didn't go to an HBCU. Let that go. Right. You will never be a failure or a disgrace to black people because you're a black woman with a degree. At the end of the day, wherever you got a degree from, you're a black woman with a degree. So stop feeling like you let anybody down because stop it. Just stop it. And yes, ma'am. <laughs> just stop that altogether. And also it's like, I, I'm being completely transparent with y'all. I didn't know what an HBCU was until I was like a junior in high school. And I feel like everybody else knew what this was because they was getting fussed at from adolescence. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what an HBCU was until I'm like, what the heck does that even stand for? So, I learned of what an HBCU was late in the game. And the first school I got accepted to was Western Michigan University. What is it? It's not an HBCU. <laughs> And it's in Michigan. And I was like, I don't, and I got the accept, like, because they came to my high school and was literally doing, like, a little recruiting session. Like, they they had waived the application fees. Like, you can sit down and apply today. We can tell you if you got accepted today. I applied. I got accepted on the spot. And then I went home and told my mom, like, I don't even want to go to Western. Like, (laughs) I just applied because it was free. But I didn't want to go there. And so I knew I needed to be somewhere around people like myself. But it had to be away from Detroit. Like, Western Michigan is like two hours away from Detroit. What do you do? Like, I go to Charlotte all the time. That's two hours away from Durham. Like, that ain't far enough. So, I needed to get away. So, when I got to North Carolina, I was just glad that I made the choice to go to an HBCU, even though I didn't have enough education on the difference between a PWI and HBCU. I literally was just winging it. And I just so happened to have landed in a great place. I can chime in on that. Because for you, um, you applied to... You said Western mm-hmm. Michigan, PWI, and yep. got in. I initially, my first choice in applying for colleges was uh, was going to be Appalachian State. And I wanted to go there because, well, <laughs> of course, I love the mountains. But no, my number one thing was because track. I did track and field. I did mm-hmm. long jump, triple jump. And my main event was really? pole so vault. Really? you so short. Wow. Yeah. 
So, but the last thing is pole vault. My pole main, vault. Exactly. That's the like, last thing I want to get whoa. to do. You had a long way to jump. <laughs> so, Good. with me doing pole, pole vaulting, uh, typically I would use a uh, 12 foot. Uh, 12 foot pole or 11 foot pole. It's like three of My them. My <laughs> PR, which is personal record, is jumping 13 feet. What the heck? Lamar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you know my cousin Lamar, he's like <laughs> what? five foot five. Lamar, how tall are you? No, she got it on the head. <laughs> I am the like, statistically average height of a woman. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like. You know, but you know it's so crazy because I'm so short. Like playing basketball, <laughs> playing basketball against people that's taller. I had to always jump harder and try to reach higher heights. So it actually kind of like prepared me to do long jump, triple jump, and um, I tried high jump, but I couldn't really get into the whole jumping off a of base. But uh, it prepared me because I was short and I was always playing against taller people to mm-hmm. always be able to jump over them to get the ball or anything like that. Um, anyway, I digress from that, but I initially applied for Appalachian State when I love the mountains to, they had a great track and field indoor for pole vaulting. So that was my thing. Uh, once I didn't get accepted to them, I tried, um, went to Salem and then, um, for shits and giggles, I tried Central. Uh, my mom went to Central, so A&T was like kind of out the deal because I wanted to like talk junk to my uncle who graduated from A&T. That was the whole thing for that. So I never even applied to A&T. Never got the acceptance letter for App State. Got Central's acceptance letter. Okay, I know I was going to get in there. Took ACT one time. Got enough score for them. Good. Yep. That was me. <laughs> you didn't um, Like, I didn't take the SAT. Did you take the ACT? No. But you know what? I will say this. As being a family member to you, it was always assumed that you would attend college. Do you yeah. feel do you feel that way? Because I feel like it was that for me as well. Yeah. And that was another thing. Like, I had this, like, pedestal that I was put on, and I couldn't fail. The violinist. Okay. <laughs> I played the violin, too. Thank now, you, friend. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to do everything by myself, but I was such an independent kid. Like, I'm such an independent adult. Like, I just was doing shit. Like, I was just filling out applications and just applying for FAFSA and just, you know, I was just doing stuff. And, but my mom was always there because my mom, that's an educated woman, honey. I think she done went back to school again. But, I don't know. She just be enrolling in classes and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing up here? But she was always there. So she's like, what, do you need me to help you do any of the applications? Do you need me to? He's like, no, I'm good. Just be doing stuff. And so, I mean, I'm thankful for the fact that I'm not a first-generation college student because I felt, I felt the pressure from, it's like, my mom went to college, my dad went to college, I better take my black ass to college, <laughs> or, or I'm going to be in trouble, or I'm going to be talked about. Like, so, mine was the opposite. Like, my mom is educated, yes, like, she's very smart, but my mom wasn't around when I was a kid, like, and my dad... He wasn't educated, and he was always working. My grandma, she got a lot of common sense, but she doesn't have, like, the education to back it up. And, well, y'all don't know Nick, but <laughs> Nick is Nick. Yeah, well, um, he would have he killed him in college because your brother he's is a, very a genius. Smart. Yeah. He is very smart. He is a nerd at heart. But, yeah, like, I just, I wish I had that... Well, no, I won't say I wish because I wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't right. be the woman that I am today. But right. that is a lesson learned for when I have kids, like, that is a definite. I'm going to instill those those qualities into them, like, the education, the importance, um, the difference between an HBCU and a PWI. Absolutely. Let them make them their own choices, like, learning about credit and savings and budgeting and all and that scholarships. Other stuff. And I didn't scholarships. know squat about mm. a scholarship. How, how to apply for FAFSA, how to apply to scholarships, how to finesse your resume, all of how that. to do all of that stuff. Like, and as black people, you need that support because it doesn't come like just from natural, natural, like from your surroundings. I feel like other people have the advantage because 
they're surrounded by it. Like, you know what I mean? Their environment. We don't have that. I'm going to chime in on the scholarship part. Because, like you, so, unlike you, I'm 50-50. Mom went to college. Dad dropped out. Went straight to the military. Mm-hmm. Most of the men in my family, even on my, well, mostly my dad's side, my grandfather's military. Everybody. My uncle's the military, <laughs> one, and my dad's military. My mom's side, my grandfather is military um so i'm 50 50 and so for me college was like if this don't work out my backup plan is to join the military yeah so the military was like the backup plan but like to go to college i feel like because i have a lot of females in my family female cousins aunts my mom and everything especially my aunt lisa Who's mm. really big on education. Yes. She was, she was a teacher for X amount of years. And definitely pushed college. And now I'm about to get into the whole scholarship thing. I wish I would have knew what my aunt knew on my mom's side, my uncle's wife, a lot sooner in life. Mm-hmm. And that is join the band in high school. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> they get all the money. So... <laughs> She got for real. I didn't know that. Yes. For real, she went to UNC. No, so I should have been. Uh, she went to UNC Chapel Hill for free on a band scholarship. She went to UNC for uh, education, became a teacher. So you know, if y'all don't know, if you become an educator after it's a public job, so hopefully, if Biden don't do away with student loans, everything's forgiven once you become a educator. Yep. After three years. For real. Yep. Because yeah. it's a public service. Job. Yep. Educators. So what you're saying is, and nurses. And nurses. To go into and nurses. the public school system. Yeah. yeah. I've been telling you that for you. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I've been telling her that for a long time. <laughs> she, you know, got her undergrad for free. She got her master's for free. Maybe. She got her PhD oh where she works head. back at UNC for, for free. Free. Stop. Listen. That's the one. Listen. This podcast <laughs> is all about resources. <laughs> <laughs> Did not take advantage of this, but please, somebody. Please I did not. That's the one takeaway I do have from this episode on tonight is that never give up on your educational journey, but never stop researching scholarships. It's so many scholarships out here, and people think, oh, I got to have a 4.0. I got to play a sport. No. I got to play mm-hmm. an instrument. There are so many scholarships out Girl, here, I was y'all. The secretary of Sunday school in church, boom, scholarship. I'm telling, I didn't find out that there were so many different types of scholarships until after I was done with undergrad and grad school, and I was helping out a friend and doing some research. There's scholarships for everything. All you have to do is apply. They're literally sitting on money, waiting to give it to somebody, and nobody applies for yep. it. Like, if you grants, grants, free money, free. Free Listen, money. And that's you do actually not a job, y'all. Loans. Did y'all know that? To be able to write, write grants, grants, that's actually if a job. If y'all do not need student loans, do not take them. Because? Listen, because you can go to school off of scholarships and Pell Grants, which is free money, does not need to be paid back. And I will say this, too. Get, get, get in good with your professors, because the reason why it took me so long to go back to get my master's is because fear. And that was not fear that I could do the work. It was fear out of pain to be able to go to school. And literally, this how it happens. My One of my old professors posted something on Facebook. And I liked it. And she messaged me, hey, are you still interested in your master's? Of course. Okay, connection. And... The next thing she said was, well, you know, we offer stipends and tuition reimbursement. Mm. Our first semester of grad school was free and I got Listen, a stipend. come through. Come through, big guy. Now, I will say my second, like my first, when well, my first year of grad school was free. I will say this last year due to the pandemic, of course, a lot of funding dropped. So I'm not a first year. But at least you don't have to pay for two. Not two. And if everything works out like it's supposed to, I won't be paying for this last semester. Okay, because we, if two of us gather together. Okay, we're going to touch name. and agree on that. <laughs> it is so. <laughs> Listen, I had an old teacher when I started talking about, um, before the pandemic, we were talking about student loans because my aunt was supposed to start this year, but we're going to wait until January 31st. Yes. My old well, math first. teacher from 
high school. I think I was a freshman in high school. She was my math teacher. She saw my post on Facebook. She took the time to create a spreadsheet for me. Like I sent her my student loan information and she created a whole spreadsheet on how much I need to pay, when I need to pay it, when it will be done, that like everything. And listen, like those kind of resources, you need those kind of people. Like yeah, I think I just think it was so dope for her. She got she got a whole husband, kids, like and you took the time to help me. To help little old me. I love it. I love it. Now while I sit and brag humbly on my two degrees from my illustrious HBCU. How much money you are? Baby, I'm gonna be paying it back till I die. Okay? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm gonna put it like this though. And somebody had to tell me this. You ain't got a doctor's loan. Some people in med school, what you look at as, you know, student loans, yeah, they laugh at. Listen. Well, according to my sister who's a nurse, I have more in student loans than she does. I got more. But she's not a a medical doctor. So once you get into med school, there's no, like you're taking up loan loans. Listen, what really hurt me financially was the fact that I was paying out-of-state tuition for two years. That's true. Ah. So my freshman year of undergrad and my sophomore year of undergrad were both out-of-state tuition. And good Lord, Jesus, it was a lot of money. I'm telling you. but And then it's so crazy no, because... No, I'm not encouraging that, people. No, we my, encourage that. If, I encourage it. That, yeah. If, if you, you need you a Durham address... Family, <laughs> you got a family in-state. Hey, Jeff, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know y'all like... You that. need a Durham address. We can help you out with that. <laughs> but it's no church. Listen, my first two years, I started fighting for in-state tuition at the beginning of my sophomore year, and they kept denying me. I applied for in-state tuition like three times, y'all, before they finally approved me as a resident of North Carolina. And so the first full two years of my undergrad journey, I paid like double. I think out-of-state tuition is like double the cost of in-state tuition. So... Them first two years is what really put me in the hole. And then the fact that I turned around and went right back to grad school, yeah, I'm going to be paying them back for a while. It's okay. Well, it's okay. put like this. At least you didn't go to a private school. Amen to that. Yeah. I did. Because the fact that, so I'm going to say my sophomore year, junior year, I dated somebody who went to High Point University. Oof. And I went up there a few times, you know, chilled, hang out. Um, and I was, at one point, I was like, oh, I'm about to transfer over. Like, I was thinking about leaving Central to go to High Point because the atmosphere uh-huh. was off the chain. You had lost your mind for a moment. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, Just snapped out of it. the amenities that they had on okay, campus okay. there. And then, as we said earlier, you know, that name on that diploma sometimes carry a little bit more weight. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. Just carry it. And, I, and even with High Point, I mean, it's not a big school, but it's still, it's a private school. So it does carry weight. It's not like Duke, which Duke is a private school. It carries weight, but it's still there. And no, no disrespect to my HBCUs, but, you know, we got to get our names like, out there yeah i think the respect thing is coming though i think the more that i think the more that graduates of hbcus are really starting to show themselves and be somebody and do great things with their degrees that they got from these hbcus i think the respect is coming it's slow of course especially shout out to our new vp okay hbcu because she graduated from hbcu and this this is crazy, you know. Like most people won't, won't really care about this one, but I will shout out for Ant because the I think the head of the new EPA is a black man from. Um, you graduated from Ant. Graduated from Ant. So I mean, I think the more that we as black people take these degrees from these historically black colleges and universities, and we go and do great things with them, I think that's helping those school names carry weight like it's like get the recognition yeah and i think for a long time hbcus were kind of downplayed like you know almost kind of laughed at like oh this is just a graduate from auntie whoop-de-doo like but no when you see somebody like the vice president 
their educational background is from an HBCU, then it's like, oh shit. <laughs> they didn't have to go to a Stanford. They didn't have to go to right. A, they didn't have to go to Yale. Yale. They didn't have to go to an Ivy League college. Like right. exactly. Like the Obamas. Don't get me wrong. I love them to death, but they went to Harvard. They Ivy League. <laughs> like so that. That's that. That's that. That's that mentality. Oh, you went to Ivy League, so you got that. That you got that professionalism. No, like we are able to produce characters that can go into this world and be leaders. And you know, define the world and mold it and development in a better and a progressive way. And you better say that, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Off our HBCU education. Thank you. But I'm just saying, like, you know, don't sleep on us because we coming. And if anybody know anything, like, I love my people because no matter what we go through, we always turn it around. Amen. I feel like that was an excellent point to end. I was just about to say it <laughs> on that note. That was it. We are out of here. Gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Lamar has shut it down. <laughs> but I want you guys to remember 2021, take time to make your soul happy. That's it. And that's all. Bye. Bye.